Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, hello, friends. Dwight and Brian here for the Victory Point Podcast. It is Friday, January 7, and today we're going to read an entire chapter, and Brian's over here going, this is a lot of reading. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm excited because Mark 1 is actually one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Oh, wow. So we'll talk more about that later. Awesome. Uh, But before we do, Brian, we've been doing this. This is our fifth podcast, and... uh, What's it been like for you? Doing the podcast? Yeah. Uh, well, I was scared to death coming in, I'll be honest. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> uh, but it's was, you, I think, make it easy. Good. Uh, it's kind of conversational and, um, and yeah. I Would you I, recommend it to I others? would. I would recommend it and I will do it again. I wasn't sure that I would Ooh. do it one more time after this, but, okay. uh, but I think I will. Good. And tell us about the process leading up to it. Well, mine is kind of a funny process because this is the third time I've prepped for this thing. Um, but the first time it I is? read the wrong week and okay. then it was too late to do anything with it. And then I don't remember what happened the second time. So okay. finally this time is the- Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Um, well, I think I got pretty difficult scriptures. So really trying to parse out those first couple of days was mm-hmm. very challenging for me. And mm-hmm. so I, I read it. Um, I kind of, I write down every verse and then just write down notes that Hmm. jumped out to me for Mm -hmm. each verse. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just set it aside for a day and then reflect Hmm. on it and pray and then came back and did the exact same thing again. Yeah. And then this morning I just read through them to make sure I could read these scriptures and pronounce (laughs) them. Did your wife tell you to read them out loud this morning? She did last night (laughs) before we went to bed and I was freaking out. I'm like, no, I did not do that. Well, thank you for the preparation you put into this. You really did your homework, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And I remember my mom a couple months ago saying, I need to be in the Bible more. And this was an excuse to do that. Yeah. So if you're out there listening and you haven't done this yet, I would encourage you to consider it. I would too. Good. Let me say our prayer out of Psalm 19, and we'll jump into Mark chapter 1. So Lord, this Friday... May the words of Brian's in my mouths and the meditations that are going on in our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Okay. The beginning of gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and all of the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John was clothed in with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and his diet was locusts and wild honey. And he was preaching and saying, after me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. 
I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus uh, came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descended upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved son, in you I'm well pleased. Immediately the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he was going along by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, brothers of Simon, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for his teaching was one of having authority and not as of the scribes. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him? Immediately the news about him spread everywhere into the surrounding district of Galilee. And immediately, which I find funny because immediately is all over the place in Mark. Hmm. He's a fast writer. <laughs> fast mover. <laughs> and immediately they... Uh, after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she waited on them. Then evening came after the, when evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and who, those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city gathered at the door. He healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus left, got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said, said to him, everyone is looking for you. He said to them, let us go elsewhere, somewhere else in the towns nearby, so that I may preach there also, for this is what I came for. And he went into the synagogues throughout Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, can you make me clean? 
Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but stayed out in unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. I love reading entire chapters of the Gospels. If you just kind of read a paragraph at a time, yeah, you got some good meat there, but this this just paints this broad this is the, the first few weeks of Jesus' ministry. I know. And a lot happened. A lot happened. <laughs> <laughs> he came out of the gates shooting, as they say. He flew out of those gates <laughs> after spending 40 days in the wilderness and not eating or drinking. or. Yeah. And that was one of the things that jumped out to me was, you know, you, you know the story of him going out and Satan asking him three questions and him mm-hmm. using scripture to yep. knock him down. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about 40 days hmm. and that those questions didn't come in the first five minutes. Right. It was, you know, kind of torture for a while, breaking down the spirit, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of makes it maybe a little more impressive to me that mm-hmm. he was, even after all of that turmoil, was able to use scripture to blunt Satan's lies. Mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking a lot about the desert lately and his time in the wilderness, and I just got to walk around in the Judean wilderness, you know, a month ago. So I have a very vivid picture of the landscape was like and what it felt like, and it is barren. The word for wilderness actually describes places where you go where you can't survive without supernatural intervention because there's no running water anywhere. So the fact that God kept him alive, and I mean, there's just so much about this, and the fact that this is where, this is how he prepped for ministry by getting alone with God. Yeah. To just feast on God. Anyway, we could talk about that forever. Uh, what else did you pull? So I have a, a couple of questions. It's a little weird to me. So Jesus is God. Jesus came to earth. He's fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. And yet he's getting baptized. Mm. And baptism is typically to repent, to mm-hmm. admit sinfulness and repent. Yeah. So it's I never thought about this again until I studied these scriptures yeah. so much. But it was like, why? Right. Um, and I read some, you know, some commentaries that mm-hmm. it was to support John. It was to identify with our humanness. Right. I don't know, but it does seem a little weird. Yep. Yeah, because clearly he didn't need to be washed of his sins. Right. But I would agree with whatever commentary you read that it was one of his ways of identifying with our humanity and saying, I am fully human in addition to being fully God. You know, John probably looked at him and thought, what in the world? You should be baptizing me. Right. And Jesus like, nope, this has to happen in order for righteousness to be fulfilled. You yeah. know? So let's just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I also read in one of the commentaries that um, – I guess back in the in this time frame, Jews baptized Gentiles who converted mm. to Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but Jews never got baptized because they were already in. And so the fact that Jesus was a Jew and still got baptized, that was just another thing that kind of made it odd to me. Well, and it says that the whole Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem went out to John to be baptized. Yeah, which is, again, just weird. So you're saying this is out of the ordinary. I believe so, yeah, mm-hmm. if the commentary that I read is, mm-hmm. is accurate. So clearly God is moving. Yeah. The Spirit is moving as the world was preparing to receive the Messiah. Yeah, that's interesting. So the other thing, and again, I don't, I don't want this to come across as me challenging Scripture, but it is also something that was weird to me is God is, or Jesus is God, mm-hmm. so why is the Spirit falling on him when he really already has the Spirit? I mean, he's God. Um, so I, it was another thing that just kind of, I don't really know what the rationale is, but um, mm-hmm. I think, again, it's to let everybody that was there know that mm-hmm. this person is different than anybody has yeah. been in the past. Feels like a coronation to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That he didn't really need, because right. he was already there, but right. we needed it, maybe. That's right. I have a friend who says that God plays chess on a hundred different levels all at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think there's just so much going on there in that scene in the Jordan River, you know, yeah. that day, the levels to which we don't even know, but probably some of that was for us. Some of it was for Jesus, knowing what he was about to encounter out in the wilderness. But it's cool that we see the Trinity there. Yeah. We see the Son, we see the Father speaking, and we see the Spirit yeah. coming down. And even though the word Trinity is never found in the Bible, we see it right, right there. So can I just tell you one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite chapters in scripture? Sure. Back in my 30s, I was going Mach 5 with my hair on fire, like all the time. I was in a band and we were on the road a lot and we were playing here, there and everywhere. And then I started leading worship at Hope College. So I was there Monday through Friday, but then I was playing in a band almost every Friday through Sunday. We were doing weekend retreats and stuff. So I was burning the candle at both ends. And when you're young and dumb, you can do stuff like that for a while. But eventually I started to burn out. So this scene where Jesus says he healed everyone in town. I mean, people brought him the demon possessed and the sick. And he has a great night of healing. And I'm sure his popularity is just going crazy. And and the next morning he goes out and gets alone with the father. And the disciples go out and find him. And they're like, Jesus, everyone's looking for you especially in my younger years, I felt like everyone was looking for me. There was so much demand, like, be here, be there, do this, do that. And instead of going, oh, really? Everyone's looking for me? Oh my gosh, I must clearly be very popular right now. You know, He said, eh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to another town. This is why God called me. So he did not respond to the demands of the crowd. He responded to the still small voice of his father. There will always be the demands of the crowd whether you're a father or a mother, an employee or a pastor, the demands will never stop. But our call is to listen to the still small voice of the Father and go where he tells us to go. Yeah. Does that make sense? It is. I've, I've frankly never thought about it that way, but mm-hmm. it does make complete sense. And I think that's one of the weaknesses of the American society is that we are so driven by getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And we it tends to cheat us from our time alone with God. Mm-hmm. And it's in our time alone with God when we know how to get things done and what things are on his priority list right. <laughs> for us yeah. to get done. Right. What else you got, Brian? 
and for those of you listening, you can't see this, but Brian has these awesome reader glasses that split in the middle. <laughs> so he, he's always clicking them and unclicking them. And it's funny. Yes. Uh, it's because I can't see when I'm looking through them at distance, but uh, I can't read otherwise. I don't really have anything else. I mean, there's a, it's just a really cool story, and it's a story kind of about the beginning of Jesus' mm-hmm. ministry. Um, you know, one of the things, it, again, coming from an American human perspective, um, having these people, when Jesus came to them and said, come and follow me, and they just walked away from their family, their Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think about it from the dad's perspective. They could starve, hmm. you know, if they because you need help. And if you don't have money to pay other help, you don't have to pay your kids. And oftentimes your kids are your workforce. Yeah, right. Right. So to leave them like that. And then in The Chosen, the mm-hmm. father is kind of very supportive of it. Zebedee. Which, yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool. But yes. I always looked at it like- He was like, go, get out of here. <laughs> right. And I was thinking, you know, because I was brought up in a different era. I was like, you're there to help the family. Right. So it was kind of, that yeah. just jumped out to me. Oh, absolutely. They brushed past it pretty quick. You know, he's recruiting his team. And we don't see or hear or read the backstory. Right. And that's why The Chosen is so cool. It's plausible yeah. that it could have happened. Like there's, there is a backstory to every one of these people that Jesus called, yeah. you know, and what are, what are they walking away from? Well, and when Matt first started singing the praises of The Chosen, mm-hmm. my first reaction was, uh-uh, anytime you add to scripture, that's a, mm. that's a bad thing. But I've read, I've watched the first season completely and mm-hmm. I've completely changed my mind. It's like, mm. you know, and you're right, we don't know, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't seem to in any way conflict it doesn't with scripture. Conflict. It just kind of gives you one potential version of the context That's of right. what was going on. But it really brings it alive in a way that you can't have without that context. Right. Which is why I think Helps it's Helps so you to cool. see Peter and his brother Andrew as real people yeah and matthew and matthew and oddity (laughs) (laughs) this ocd that's his favorite her favorite is matthew yeah a lot of people's favorite is matthew i think we a lot of people identify with matthew it's like oh he's so quirky just like me you know (laughs) right (laughs) that that stuck out to me too that it was just a reminder that jesus recruited common everyday people these guys were not special at least in terms of the world's perspective. Or even scriptural knowledge. I mean, we don't know anything about, I mean, they weren't like Paul. Right. Absolutely. They were not scholars like Paul yeah, was. They were nobodies. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's who we built his church on. It's that's right. Gives us, should give us confidence. Should give us great confidence that he can use us. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, Brian. Thank you. It's been more fun than I imagined it could be. Good. You're not sweating anymore. Nope. <laughs> and now he's taking his readers off his eyes and clicking them on the top of his head. Well, thanks for doing this, Brian. Thanks for taking a risk. I have just two encouragements to those who are listening. One is, if Jesus, the Son of God, needed to get alone with the Father, to hear his Father's voice in the morning, to get his marching orders, how much more is that important for us? As you go from this podcast and into this new year, maybe a a New Year's resolution is, what are new ways that I can get alone with God this year? Amen. And to hear his voice. And also know that if Jesus could choose Peter and Andrew, he can choose you too. Yep. (laughs) All right. 
God bless you all. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Dwight. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.